Hello friends and strangers, you're listening to the very first episode of Zabardasti Reviews, a podcast where we share our reviews of TV shows. And um, this is obviously not a very unique idea, but I would still like to congratulate you for joining us. Uh, my name is Aina and I'm joined by my co-host Fezi, who will introduce himself in a minute. I don't know how to introduce myself actually these days, you know, even my mom forgets who I am and she asks um, who is this incredibly hot girl and what is she doing in her kitchen? But uh, I think I'll try to say that I think of myself as a writer. But these days, all I can write are angry text messages to boys who leave me on red. And there used to be a few things I was passionate about, like TikTok, going out and democracy. But the government banned all of that. Um, so before I convert this podcast into a group crying session, uh, Fezzi, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I mean, hello everyone. Uh, my name is Faisal, aka Fazi. I'm your token Muslim guy in every friend group. Just you have hurry to put the Why biryani to khilaega? And so, do you think you would also like to give a sort of introduction to the show that we'll be reviewing today? Oh yeah, definitely. So uh, the show we're going to talk about today is one of my favorite shows of all time, and I think it's uh, it's one of the most hilarious, uh, heartwarming uh, comedy drama. It's a Canadian show called Shift Three. Uh, it's really great, and I think I think Canada has been making really great shows nowadays. But Shift Three is one of the breakout stars. So this is a show about a wealthy family who loses everything when their business manager. Take all their money and run away, and then they have to move to this small town called Shit Creek, which they have bought for their son's birthday as a joke. So this show is all about the hilarity that ensued uh, between this wealthy family who's a fish out of water in that small town and the townspeople, and how they learn, grow from each other, and their interactions. I could look at this muffin and say this is a fine muffin. I'd kill for a bagel, but I haven't seen one bagel since I got to this town. A bagel shop is something this town could use. So this brings us to our first segment, um, which is standout characters. And actually, in, in this show, all the characters uh, are very prominent and are very, very well written. But the two that I would like to look at are um, Johnny Rose and Stevie. So Johnny Rose is um, the father of the family of four and he's the only one who tries to keep the family together since the beginning and he's the only one who looks out for more than just himself. And maybe it's because he has this sense of duty that uh, may not be just from a sense of goodness of heart but may also be because he, he is the father and he is a bit of a patriarch and he thinks that it is his responsibility. Um, but regardless of where the sense of duty comes from, he becomes this, you know, grounding point. Otherwise, I think the first few episodes would have been extremely chaotic if there weren't at least one person who's trying to look out for the family. And so I think he may be the only likable character right from the first episode, or at least the least problematic one, you know, because likable is such a subjective term. 
um, and he's uh, a good bridge to the other character I want to talk about, which is Stevie, because his relationship with Stevie um, grows so much throughout the show, you know, and so does Stevie's character, because when we first see her, she is this person who clearly does not want to be where she is. And she even says that, um, she says as much in the first episode. Uh, in fact, she doesn't really know where she wants to be or what she wants to do in life, even eventually. But we see her blossom and become pretty much everyone's favorite by the end of the show. And she goes through this journey that is actually quite painful. And she has more than one episode of heartbreak. And I, in fact, found it strange to see her sort of thrashing about desperately. You know, in a show where every second scene focuses on comedic brilliance. So I was rather surprised to see Stevie struggle with figuring out her purpose in life in a manner that isn't always funny. But I guess Stevie is there to remind us all that some things in life really just can't be made to, you know, look better by throwing in a joke or two. Um, and especially in 2020, I think Stevie's struggle is a mood because it makes me think, hey, maybe I will also take a few trips out of town, discover my true calling in life and become the owner of an entire chain of motels. <laughs> or, you know, maybe at least I'll get a text back from the boy I like. Either way, if Stevie can breathe through the pain, so can I. <laughs> That's great, Aina. I think, yes, I mean, uh, it sounds like TV is your spirit animal or like uh, you really admire her. And I think she's a really great character. And the relationship between Johnny and TV is like the most heartwarming and endearing friend, platonic friendship, which I have to ever have come from people who are so vastly different. I mean, uh, age difference they are uh, completely different characters. TV is not TV. TV was uh, uh, friends of David and Alexis for the two children of the family. So it's really great. But for me, one of the two most uh, standout characters of the series have been one has been Moira Rose. Uh, she's the mother in the Rose family. Uh, she is. Uh, uh, is a former TV star. She has this very inexplicable accent which nobody knows where it comes from. Uh, she has a lo huge love for her wigs and she, all her wigs are named also and every line uh, and every dialogue out of her is comedy gold. It's like so amazing. Uh, how uh, Like I've learned so much, so many good uh, vocabulary from her like words like ethics fogging and titillating. She's like and Maya Sarabhai. Bebe, yes, Bebe. She, she really sounds like a Maya Sarabhai of our time, of the present time. Like She gives me that kind of vibe and that's the kind of character she is. And uh, she's turned into a queer icon. I mean, if you go and talk about it, like, you know, in queer communities, everybody loves Maya Rose. And uh, for a non-queer person and a person who's playing a non-queer character on a show to turn into a queer icon that means that uh, that person has done a wonderful job for, for you know what they represent in the show and that's what Myra is and the next character which I feel that this is the character who has the biggest character arc uh, the character transformation in the show is Alexis Rose she's the youngest member of the family she started she's the daughter of the family she started 
of as this self-serving rich brat who only cares about himself. I mean, she only thinks about uh, uh, you know herself, like you know, my own favorite who kind of attitude, but a little more selfish, a uh, little more selfish than Geet was ever. Uh, but throughout the show, we learn her to uh, you know we see her taking responsibility for her actions. We see her to actually. completing her education and finally going to college started working and in the end of this show she is actually moving out there in the world and being independent for the first time moving to new york to actually you know fulfill her dream and not really being dependent on a boyfriend or a family member ever and i feel that it's really beautiful that how uh, this has developed and i she had a consistent relationship and an on and off interest on and off relationship you can call it with another character in the show but i love that they did not make them end up together and they like you know it the show ended in a way that she's been that independent person so i think that's been really beautiful and i think that's why she is also one of my favorite character from the show yeah and i really liked her relationship with twyla who is uh, one of the only other young female characters in the show and it's because they come from such different class positions alexa alexis wow alexa <laughs> alexis doesn't <laughs> really um consider her a friend i don't think alexis knows what friendship is because she has all these wealthy so called friends but they are just people who are connected to her because of her wealth and the moment she loses her wealth um they're not there for her and she realizes that eventually and then i mean i don't want to give spoilers to people who haven't watched the show but twyla has her own secrets about money but at least for the um for most part of the show twyla is not a rich person and so but then despite that in the end they become friends and i think it is through twyla that alexis realizes um what friendship is actually supposed to be uh but this show is That's not great. yeah but the show i mean despite all of these things th- these great characters etc is not without its problematic moments um which brings us to our next segment and i think fezzy you can take it away she's no idea the tola bebe can take on its mother or its mother's mother little time change you said you couldn't make it because of the bebe You do realize the bebe is crying. I do. This is your bebe Jocelyn and an artistic cradle robber. I am not. So that this show has multiple problematic movements also which also uh, sees that how the characters were at the start and how they were at the in the end. I think one is just there is multiple instances of the Rose family who the protagonist in the show their selfish acts uh, about places I mean one I can see about Alexis where uh her boyfriend gives her a very heartwarming gift of a locket and uh, after a while uh, she actually gives that locket away to someone else uh, to toila eventually without even caring about that feeling so i think that's one i feel is a very problematic moment where he's been really uh, sweet to her and he's really special to her uh, at a lot of times then there is various instances of moira not uh, standing up or coming together for a family and you know caring about herself uh, first and i feel that you know that was shows that what kind of person they were at the start of the show and eventually how they understood you know that this is that's not how you should function in the world and that you know you should be 
uh, you know, be respectful to people, no matter what class they are from, or whether they are from the same background as you. And that that's what the family learned. So it's a very um, transforming moment. And that's why I think these problematic moments were important to show also in this show. And since we are talking about problematic moment, I would like to be a little more optimistic and talk about learnable moments. So Aina, can you tell us some learnable moments that were there in the show? David. David, how long are you going to be doing this? David. David? No, David. Honestly, David. It's like a witch's house in here, David. Ouch, David. Ouch, David. Oh my god, ew, David. David! 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 What? So one major, major theme in the show is family. And that is how the series starts out. We start by following um, this family and their journey. And like you said, um, Moira is this very strong character, but something that defines her is how little she seems to care for anyone, including her family. And in the beginning, they just sort of want to abandon each other. They want to go their separate ways if possible, other than Johnny Rose. Um, but one of the things that goes through a clear evolution in the series and completely transforms by the last episode is the bond that these four characters, major characters share. You know, it, it goes from zero to Moira trying to hug her children for eight seconds and them not puking as a result. <laughs> because uh, I was watching, lot, yeah. yeah, I was watching this, I think, YouTube video, uh, or maybe it was a meme. Like, I these days I forget in what form I have consumed something, but. I saw somewhere on the internet that David and Alexis in the beginning are just like, ew, ew, ew. They're just like always saying ew to each other. And there's like this compilation of Alexis saying, ew, David, ew, ew David. David. Yeah. And, but um, the, I think in the first episode, David is like, she, he wants Alexis to sleep next to the um, door. So that if a murderer comes there at night, he'll murder her first. And they get into this fight oh where they God. tell each other, you get murdered first. You get murdered first. You get murdered. Yeah. I think this uh, in the first episode only and that shows like that how hilarious this show is going to be. Yeah. Like when that scene came for the first time, I was like, okay, this is some, I've stumbled upon something good because I yeah, this is what... the show. Hmm. Yeah, where it was not famous actually, where it yeah. did not do up like Yeah, the... you're right. Same, same. That's what I was telling you the last time we spoke about this as well, that the show is so good that it hooks you in from the first episode. But anyway, the point that I was coming to is that you see all of these things in the beginning and you see how fucked up their family is. Um, and don't get me wrong, I am not a fan of this, you know, sappy family bonding because I think that the nuclear family is a bullshit concept and I would like very much for it to go out of style. But I think the show actually does in some subtle way critique the idea that just because people are related to each other by blood, they aren't bound to be affectionate to each other necessarily because the four roses barely register each other's presence until they're forced into a couple of you know tiny motel rooms. So throughout the show, they learn to respect and care for each other um, but only because each character also grows and becomes worthy of respect. Because I don't think David could have respected Alexis the way she was at the time or vice versa. And so maybe a learnable moment is obviously that love and respect, um, even and especially within the family, is a function of personal growth and requires everyone to actively put in work instead of just um, taking each other's emotional labor for granted. Another uh, learnable moment which might tie us back to the problematic moment section 
segment is that um, like you said earlier fezi this show is ripe for queer analysis and there's so much um, representation of different sexualities whether it's being bi or gay or pan um, but the one thing that i think you and i both agreed um, when we were talking about this initially is that the way that a character like jake is represented it's almost as if the show is trying to say that pan people are very horny and um, i mean not necessarily pan people but polyamorous people are um all they care about is having multiple relationships and they're just focused on sex and there's this one scene also where he invites over everyone and the implication is that it is going to be for an orgy so while that is used for comedic relief and maybe that's just you know making fun of the character jake but after all he is maybe the only polyamorous character on the show um so that is not a good way to represent um a sexuality that isn't mainstream but at the same time we can still say that there are more learnable moments than problematic moments and at least there is representation of all these different forms of identity and it's i mean 99% of it is very good representation um that's true that's true and i was like uh, uh, i think watching this one of the interview about dan levy who plays david rose and he's also the creator of the show and he was talking about that i always imagine a world uh, and i wanted to create a world where homophobia doesn't exist and that's what he tried to create i mean i know it's a little uh, far fetched and it's a little you know optimistic you can say uh but he wanted to you know that that's what uh, the show represents because a lot of it's like there a lot of people's sexuality is just accepted in the show and he wanted to say that how these characters will function if their world does not revolve around that it does not revolve around the sexuality and it's just a part of who they are and it's just accepted and people just moved on mm-hmm. and that's what they did like you know they didn't make make a big deal about anybody's sexuality whether it's gay or polyamorous uh and also bisexual or whether it's uh, david who's pan in the show uh it, it's just that they just introduced it everybody accepted it and then they moved on to develop that character and i think that's the beauty of the show also uh and yeah and like just fun fact about the show uh is like i mean i don't know whether it's a prob- it's it is a problematic moment but there's a bit of a nepotism in the show also like the show is created by Eugene <laughs> oh, and Danny and Eugene is the one who plays Johnny Rose as the father in the show and Dan who plays the son in the show and they're both the creators of the show but they also hired uh Sarah Levy who's the sister who plays Twyla in the show so it's like a family show of course in some way Uh, I don't think Fezzi, Fezzi, I don't think I have the emotional bandwidth to make any sort of podcast on nepotism in in Hollywood <laughs> but I will let your point I'm stand nonetheless I'm sure I'm sure Kangna has covered it all for the entire world for now <laughs> I think for our generation so I think we don't need to but yeah <laughs> I feel that uh, this show surpasses any rating, and you should definitely watch. And you should definitely watch all the shows which we will be reviewing uh, uh, in this podcast series because we have this, we have picked up shows that we really really love and which we like, and a lot of them are very amazing also. 
but I think if I want have to give ratings out of five, I will give them five out of five. Uh, it's a very wonderful show. All of it is available on Netflix, so it's really easy accessible to a lot of people. Uh, you can still ask us if you need any other links to watch the show or so. So, but yeah, now in the end, I I would give five out of five. What about you, Anna? Yeah, I think I would give it some sort of um, infinite number if I can, because I think this show is amazing. That's not it, works, Aina. We have to give some finite rating for people not, to make sense I'm of not the difference we have been speaking for the last thirty minutes. I'm not good at math, and I think I I do not believe in ratings. I protest against this podcast. <laughs> Protesting against your own podcast. Okay, that's a zabardasti ka protest. This is this is what we call it. Zabardasti reviews ka zabardasti protest. I think that's a good hashtag. Yeah. Oh no, but it'll get it'll get appropriated in three seconds by the right wing. No, no, no. I'm not. Oh no, not giving them any fodder. Do you have any closing comments, Adi? Uh, I uh, closing comment is that this show actually led me into the Canadian uh, cinema television industry. I think that after that I started actually searching for more Canadian shows, and I think there's really great content. I think and you know, people out there, you should also look at that. I think uh, they have a really different. Uh, Sense of how a show has been made and how the storyline progress is very different from the U.S. Uh, TV shows that we watch. That's why this series is so amazing and heartwarming and endearing. Also, uh, I think those words. Really I'm mean, sorry to interrupt you, but I think those words also describe me very well. Sure, I know. <laughs> sure, uh, nobody knows you here. <laughs> here, so sure. <laughs> But uh, definitely, I think uh, this one of the shows we came across that we were talking about in uh, one of our other podcasts. But everybody should check out like the uh, other Canadian shows. There's this wonderful content out there. Yeah, that's it. Yes, check out the shows we talk about. Check out our Facebook pages. I don't know. Check out everything. And um, looking forward to some other um, exciting. But still, Zabardasti reviews. So keep listening. Bye.